The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a podcastwarm.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The part of Vanda and rock and roll. Spill your under. We'll be broken by Chris Jericho. All right, the People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride. Take your man. 
want to start a war the title track from the new Fozzie record wanted to play it for you today because guess what the video the video premiered exclusively today on loudwire.com do you want to start a war? Definitely one of the best videos we've ever done, if not the best. We filmed this back in July in Los Angeles. This has got everything. It's got smoke. It's got fire. It's got cool lighting. It's got a great band. It's got five sexy ladies that do a choreographed dance routine. When's the last time you saw that uh, in a video that didn't uh, feature Britney Spears? I mean, come on, only with Fozzie can you check that out. Very cool drone cameras on the rooftop. Uh, it's so many, many cool things. A lot, of, uh, a lot of work and effort and editing. It's all in the editing kids went into this video. Premiered today at loudwire.com. If you want to check out the video for Do You Want to Start a War, that's when you can find it. Also, don't forget, we are starting a tour. <laughs> Do you want to start a tour? Do you want to start a tour? Uh, November 20th. We are going on the Cinderblock Party with Texas Hippie Coalition and Shaman's Harvest. And we are starting that in Flint, Michigan on November 20th. And then we're taking it all around the, the, the nation or most of the nation. Michigan, Illinois, Minneapolis, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, Texas, uh, Louisiana, Florida. We've got a lot of Florida shows. If you want to check out the dates, go to FozzyRock.com. But that starts uh, November 20th, Flint, 21st Stagger, Illinois. Illinois. Is that Illinois or Illinois? I don't know, from Canada. So it's Illinois, eh? 22nd, Minneapolis, Minnesota. 23rd, Des Moines, Iowa. 24th, St. Louis. 25th, Rockford, Illinois. 26th, Kenosha. 28th, Joplin. 29th, Lubbock. 30, Dallas. December 2nd, San Antonio. 3rd, Houston. 4th, New Orleans. 5th, Destin, Florida. December 6th, Jacksonville. 7th, Cape Coral. 9th, Gainesville. 10th, West Palm Beach. 11th, Orlando. 12th, we finish off the tour in St. Pete, Florida at the State Theater. Go to FozzyRock.com and get all the dates. And then after that, we head over to the UK, Ireland, England, Scotland for the Cinderblock Party World Tour with the Dirty Youth. That starts off uh, March 4th in Belfast, goes all the way through Cork, Dublin, Nottingham, Wolverhampton, Manchester, Glasgow, London, Bristol, Exeter, Southampton, Brighton. If you live in one of those cities, go to FozzyRock.com and get all the information on the Cinderblock Party Tour. But guess who else is heading overseas? My old pal, William Regal. He's taken his one-man show to the UK. You can see him at the garage in Glasgow on November 9th, which just so happens to be my birthday. That show starts at 5 p.m. local time. He's also going to be at the Blue Room in Liverpool, England, home of the Beatles. Uh, I know people in Liverpool hate that, but I love the Beatles, as you know, so I'll always say that. Lots of great Liverpool stories in the new book, The Best in the World, at what I have no idea. Go check it out. Uh, Regal will be in Liverpool on November 10th and 11th, two nights uh, right after Raw and SmackDown. Showtime for Regal is 11 p.m. local time, so you can go uh, check out his show after you do Raw and after you do SmackDown. Just walk right across the street and see Regal, literally just a couple minutes away. I might go check him out uh, on November 10th myself, after the SmackDown show, or sorry, November 11th, after the SmackDown show, I will be in the UK, November 10th, Bournemouth, November 11th, Liverpool, 12th, Newcastle, 13th, Glasgow, 14th, Braunschweig, Germany, and 15th, Frankfurt. I'm back for six shows and six, six shows only, so come check me out there. And also, on November 11th, I have a book signing at the Liverpool Waterstones. That's at noon. Come on down, get your book signed. All right. 
So many cool things coming up, uh, including uh, today, Dolph Ziggler, part one, and also M. Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold kicking off the show, going to tell us all about their new video game, Hail to the King Deathbat. Huge, huge hit, and Shadows uh, wrote and produced this whole video game. Came up with it, sat in on it the whole way. He is uh, branching out. Not only is he a great rock and roll singer and a huge band, but now he designs video games too. And that's one thing I've definitely never done, uh, create a video game. But if I wanted to buy a book telling me how, I would do that through Amazon. And as I went to shop at Amazon, I would use my own link. All right. The talk is Jericho Amazon link. It's the easiest way to support the show. And every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to the show to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, and Amazon Canada. Hey, just go to podcastone.com. Click on the keep our podcasts free banner at the top of the page and hit the talk is Jericho button. You get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. For instance, the new Fozzie record. Do you want to start a war or my new book? The best in the world at what? I have no idea. Uh, book has been a huge success my third bestseller in a row and people are saying it's the best of the three jericho books if you haven't heard uh, read this book and you are a jericho fan what are you waiting for i will say it's definitely my favorite of the three as well so many cool tales fun stories ridiculous moments all encapsulated in a fine fine hardcover book with some fine pictures as well the best in the world at what i have no idea go to amazon and buy it go uh, check out avenge sevenfolds records get hail to the king get nightmare get the white album so many great great records all on amazon listen you can buy whatever you want furniture a big screen tv a mirror i bought some really cool bracelets the other day you can tell i'm just looking around the room seeing whatever i can see microphones picture frames uh, little uh, statues of doberman pinchers you can get all that stuff on amazon and buy whatever you want and if you do that through my link it won't cost you anything extra no hidden fees or charges if you happen to be doing some amazon shopping you can help out the show and me in the process just go to podcastone.com click on the keep our podcasts free banner at the top of the page then hit the talk is jericho button and you can bookmark it so you can get those links in one easy click all right Last week, we had Eli Roth on the show uh, right before Lloyd Kaufman, uh, an amazing show if you love Hollywood and if you love horror movies. And as you know, Eli started the hashtag six second scare contest on Vine or Twitter. You just post a six second horror movie. The winner is called Monster in the House. It's incredible. If you uh, haven't checked it out, go check it out now. But also, uh, my son Ash and I had our own entrant. It was called Chop Chop Son. People seem to really dig it. It's got over 50,000 views on Viner, probably more now. But even better was that it appeared on Good Morning America and Nightline. There was a story on this on the Six Second Scare Contest, and for whatever reason, uh, those ABC people chose Ash's video and showed half of it, like three seconds of it. But Ash is famous. He's famous for being the fish expert here and famous for being on Good Morning America and Nightline. And the coolest thing was Eli had nothing to do with that, uh, with Ash being on there. They just chose it because he's so dang cool. Dolph Ziggler and Doc Amon coming up with myself in a, a triad of ridiculousness. But first, M. Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold checks in to tell us all about his new video game, Hail to the King, Death Bat. All right, on the line, I got my good friend M. Shadows is here. How you doing, M? What's up, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> good. It's good to talk to you. It's funny because... Uh, seems like i talk to you like almost every day but it's always text i know well you know i got to get my uh dose of jericho <laughs> so uh it is good to talk to you dude it's the way of the world now though man but yeah but i wanted to, to, to have you on uh just quickly just to kind of touch base and get an update but first and foremost congratulations on hail to the king death bat your uh your your video game 
that you created meticulously. Huge, huge success. Just came out a couple weeks ago. Fourth downloaded app on Android. That's massive. Yeah, man, it was a, a surprise, and uh, we're just trying to keep pushing it, you know. It's another way to get creative, and uh, I saw uh, your son was playing it, so uh, it must be doing good. <laughs> he tried, man. He, he was getting a little bit frustrated because, as, as you mentioned, we talked about this almost a year ago now. I think it was back last September when you were still in the midst of kind of creating it. But you created this, and it was not supposed to be uh, an Angry Bird, Candy Crush type of a game. It is an intricate, hard game, and I watched him try and figure it out, and there's a lot of stuff to it. Yeah, there is, and and also, you know, um, virtual controls are tough. So a lot mm-hmm. of people have to get used to using uh, controllers on their, um, you know, their iPhone or their iPad. So it's a different beast, but uh, once you get a hang of it, it's it's pretty pretty usable. No, and you created this specifically for 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 it to be an app. You never wanted it to be like a, a PlayStation cartridge or a say uh, anything like that. No, those games are you know when you're when you're using uh, consoles um, of that magnitude, uh, the quality is expected to be a lot higher, and that is a lot more money. You know, that's like mm-hmm. honestly, like those games cost everywhere from you know a million to you know that's on the lower end to about two hundred million dollars for some of those what? console games. Really? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, like, Call of Duty in those games cost around $250 million to make. So so this was a cheaper you, way to kind of create your vision. Well, and, it's, and another thing for us was, you know, we want every fan to play it. And, you know, I can't sit here and say every fan has a smartphone, but, you know, most people mm-hmm. have smartphones. And there's a lot of casual people out there that or gamers out there that would be like, okay, I, I would be interested in the Avengers Sevenfold game, but I don't have you know, Xbox One or Xbox 360 or whatever. So, you know, being a band and making a game, it's one of those things where you want to get in most people's hands because you know how it is. You know, you, you do stuff for people, and then they get mad at you if they can't partake in it as if you're, <laughs> you know, trying to be a jerk just to them. But so we, we didn't want to do that and alienate anyone. Now, uh, I mean, I was watching, actually Ash downloaded it on his iPad so you could actually see it even bigger. And the graphics on it are amazing. Like, you guys put a lot of time into this. Who did you hook up with? I mean, obviously, I mean, I know you, you wrote the, the concept of the game, but to program it and to kind of uh, relate your vision, how do you do that? Did you have some friends? Did you make some friends? Did you hire an outsourced company? Yeah, pretty much made some friends. You know, I had a buddy who was doing music for, for mobile games, and he introduced me to the company he was working with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just two guys. Uh, a guy named Matt Newman and a, Michael, a guy named Michael Strage, and one's a programmer and one's a you know a designer, and and we all got together and got this vision together, and and basically that's why it took you know two and a half years to to develop. You know, I'm I'm sure if we had a full team, we could have done it in six months or eight months. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just three of us, and um, you know, it was a lot of trial and error, and yeah, I mean, it turned out really good for a mobile game. It's built a little differently than most mobile games which is more on the technical side and I'm sure no one cares about. But um, so you get kind of the cooler graphics, but at the same time, you know, it's a very organic feeling and it's a very open world feel, which you don't get in most video games. So there's a lot of things it's doing that is kind of bucking trends in terms of mobile games. But, you know, that's all technical stuff. And it's and the bottom line is, you know, it looks good, it feels good. And, you know, the fans really enjoy it. Obviously, you know, the reviews have been really good, which has been surprising to me. 
Well, and 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 like you said, the 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 success of it as well. People are really really buying it and checking it out now. It is an avenged sevenfold themed game. So just tell us quickly the the plot line, uh, the summary of of what the game is about. Well, we wanted to do something you know based on our Death Bat logo, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so we came up with a story. You know, it's it's a, a little different play on good versus evil, which basically all games are. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Basically, you know, there's a, a war, um, or there's a, three gods that kind of create all the planets in the universe, and they had a bet one day that, you know, good and evil couldn't exist on the same planet, and, and evil would always overcome. Mm-hmm. So they created its own planet, or a planet just to have this wager on, and they uh, put, you know, humans with all different sorts of other races of, of beings, and most of them were evil. And, uh, you know, the humans had a hero that grew up and and uh, led the humans to victory, and, and peace reigned for a long time. And the god who bet on evil was upset about it, so he went down and destroyed the human god, which was Andronicus, and replaced him with an evil doppelganger. So the whole <laughs> world became evil again. The other gods found out and came down and raised you know, the, the fallen king as the death bat. So you play as the death bat to ga- gain back your land, but everyone thinks that you're still alive and that you've turned evil, so you need to, you know, you go around in your skull and bones now. And you're trying to, you know, win back the the people, the, the so, good, the goodwill of the people. Exactly. So, but, so but, yeah, it's, you know, it's typical good and evil. But you guys are in this, though. I was laughing because you've done a tutorial, which was very helpful, by the way, and we'll, we'll explain that later on. But you had the Johnny Christ character, which I was laughing like Johnny Christ is a hero that you can actually play. Yeah. Well, we did that <laughs> because we realized there'd be a lot of people that obviously it's our, you know, it's our game, so we put ourselves in it, but. um there's a lot of people that aren't going to be able to play the game as is because there is a high difficulty level. It's uh-huh. you know a gamer's game, and so if you get one of the band members, then you know we have overpowered swords and we can kind of help you get a hang of it before you get into the depths of the game. You know the first few levels you should be able to kind of walk through if you have a, a band member because our weapons are so powerful. And we did that because we realized you know a lot of our fans want to play the game, but they're not you know necessarily gamers. So um, it's one of those things where if you're a full-on gamer and you want to beat it the way it was meant to be played, don't use a band member. And if you are a fan and, and just want to kind of check out the world we've created, then use a band member and it'll help you out. Is, is Johnny is the Johnny Christ guy strong enough to lift his sword? Uh, <laughs> he is, but his, short, his sword is very short because he's a short character in the game. So, <laughs> you know, and most people that throw magic at him, it goes right over his head, so he can't even. Do that, so. <laughs> so he's actually one of the better players you can have. <laughs> exactly. That's when when you were when you were programming like you. Did you put like, hey, can you give that give the M Shadows character a little bit more muscles? Can you make well, him look a little more know, handsome? Well, I I definitely worked on my character more than I cared to work on the other guys. Of course. And, uh, and my sword is the most powerful sword, but I figured since I was working on the game for so long that I deserved at least that. Exactly, Johnny Christ. You want a more powerful sword? Make your own damn game. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny. It was when I had the Steel Panther guys on, we were laughing like, you guys should make individual T-shirts of each guy in the band. And at the end of the night, add up who, who sold the most, and then whoever sold the less, just make fun of them. You guys, you yeah. should, you should have done that with your vid- with the video game with Deathbat and see like, okay, you can choose Shadows or Gates or Zaki or or Johnny Christ and see who's the last place character chosen, and then just make fun of them. Dude, we can. Right now, you can get individual characters, so we will see numbers. Wow. Be definitely. Yeah, and we also made shirts, individual band member shirts, because of the game. Like, there are band characters on shirts, and you can buy the whole 
package or whatever. But a lot of fans were, yeah, a lot of fans were requesting that. So we're like, hey, we'll do it. Like, you know, because there's a there's forums that are just for the video game, and there's a lot of really passionate, awesome fans on there talking about the game, and they brought up the idea, like, hey, you should make shirts for all these characters. So we did. Oh, that's great. So, uh, I'll definitely call in and get get uh, the numbers back to you so we can uh, <laughs> make fun of whoever didn't sell them. Who's the lowest? Now, now is Aaron in the game too? Oh yeah, Aaron's in the game. All right. Well, so, so that's the thing. Like he might get the least, but then again, he's the young uh, hot ums upstart. So he well, might. Well, you know what though? If if someone loses to Aaron, that's even more telling to make fun of them. Oh, exactly. You know, the, the new guy beats you out. That's uh. Yeah, man. Fun. It just, it, but it wouldn't be any fun unless it was Johnny Christ in last place. That's the only way it'd be totally. any fun. Because Ga- me, Zach, or Brian, it would be real. Like, yeah, sad. Gates wouldn't <laughs> care, and and Zachy wouldn't say anything anyways. So if, if it was Christ, then you could actually get some mileage out of it. Exactly. <laughs> so to get the game, it's just you just go into the app store. That's what I did. Uh, I have yep. an iPhone, so I guess you can do an iPhone on Android on Google Play. Yep, that's it, man. Easy as that. And then this week, uh, it comes out on Steam for all the PC gamers. Okay. Where the PC can play it on uh, the computer. Uh, I think we're going to try to release it before Halloween. Okay, and if you have the, if you have the game, you're going to get the game, and it's a little bit difficult. You can also go online, and, and Shadows did a, a, about a 10-minute tutorial, and you kind of lead people through uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, the ups and downs of the game, which I thought was a smart idea, too. Yeah, you know, like I said, there's a there's a big you know learning curve for people that don't play games and people that do, and also just in terms of you could be a gamer and not play games on your phone. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other like difficult, you know, like things like people want to move their thumb a lot more than you really have to. You know, like the game's actually pretty intuitive once you get used to it. Mm-hmm. So it just it basically walks people through the games tutorial and it also walks people through the first level so they can get a hang of it and. So after that, I mean, you'll know what everything does. You'll know how the system works and the coin system. And mm-hmm. so at that point, you watch the tutorial and you should be able to, you know, play the game. And you can just find that on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Just type in, you know, Hail to the King tutorial. I'm sure it'll pop right up. There you go. Exactly. Hey, uh, I was. we were talking uh, earlier this week that um, my new book just came out, and there's some, some great stories, and there's some, some great uh, M. Shadow stories of all the ridiculous stuff we've been through over the years. Um, but my favorite story is when Mike Portnoy, who was, who's drumming, drum for you on the nightmare tour, uh, you guys came over to my house and he, he basically almost killed you by running you over with a jet ski. Yeah. Well, he almost cut off my leg for sure. <laughs> and so, a lot of, uh, a lot of people are asking about that. Like, what is that real? Is that real? Now I wrote about it from my point of view, but tell us the story from your point of view. And I'm just going to say it quickly. Every, the, the Avenge guys came over to my house. We had a barbecue at my place. I live on a lake. I have a jet ski, and Matt was standing on the shoreline waiting for his turn, and Portnoy was coming in and was trying to do like a drive-by splashing, but couldn't find the brakes. <laughs> there is no brakes on a jet ski, dumb Mike Portnoy. And he came so close, and I thought for sure, because I was cooking steak, and I looked away, and, and I heard this big bam, and when I turned around, I was convinced that you would be cut in half, that you would be like a torso on the ground and two legs sticking up in the air with like blood spurting out of it like, like a video game. So yeah. thankfully nothing happened. But what, what happened on your, from your way, uh, point of view there? Well, if I, don't, if I remember correctly, you had two jet skis, right? Yes. Okay, so I was sitting on one on the, on the shore. So one was just like kind of docked up on the shore. And yeah. I had my legs hanging over on it. And Portnoy, like you said, comes by to do the uh, – the old splashing <laughs> and 
and and like your shore had some rocks and stuff on. One yes, there's, there's some some rocks there. So I'm just sitting there minding my own business, and I see this guy coming at me with a crazy look in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I notice he can't like he's too far he's too far in now. He's committed too much to where he can't even turn away if he wanted to. Right. So like at the last second, I lift my legs up and I like kind of roll backwards, and he just smashes into the the rock slash you know, other or jet ski. Basically where your I legs just, were just between those yeah. the two. Oh yeah. They were just between there. Like my legs would have been completely crushed or like, you know, taken off. Right. So, uh, I, uh, I sat there in shock and he's just laughing. <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> what they say? He's saying like, where are the brakes on these things, man? The brakes don't work or something. And we're like, are you kidding me? You're in the water on a jet ski, like going, it, there's no, know, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. No brakes. Like, there's no brakes. Yeah. So he, yeah. Like, luckily I saw him in the corner of my eye and I, I mean, I, luckily I moved. I didn't sit there like an idiot and get my legs taken <laughs> off. But well, and the thing yeah, so. I, I remember too, like from, from, from jet skiing for, for a while is that sometimes when you get caught in, in the wake, it's hard to turn, especially when you're going too fast. As a matter of fact, I actually crashed into the dock years and years before that. But it seemed he was able to turn at the last minute and then get caught as like a wave went down. It took him up so that when you moved your legs, it didn't push your jet ski forward. It just kind of, they just went down and came up. You know what I mean? So yeah. it didn't blast and, you. And also you got to, you got to, um, you know, you got to accelerate to turn on those things. Like, yeah, right. You, as soon as you don't accelerate, like he's probably looking for a break. Yes. You know, and at that point there was no acceleration. So you're just going to be going full speed straight into somebody because, you know, you have to like accelerate. He almost, it was almost, it's almost counterintuitive. Right. Like you're like, you know, like you think, okay, I got to like let go of the acceleration, but really he should have been accelerating and he probably could have turned. He could have turned last and, minute. Yes. Yeah. But since he took his hand off that and was looking for the, the ghost break, yeah, <laughs> 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 he uh, basically took pretty much took me out dude that was right before a show too i know like, i mean well whatever my legs would have been gone so. well, yeah, you probably wouldn't have made really, the show yeah wouldn't have mattered yeah so. I, I would have had to put on shades and a backwards hat and tried to be you for that one i don't think you would have made it <laughs> totally, you had my blessings from the hospital yeah. when so. the, and the best thing of all and the epilogue of the story was it's like everyone's laughing and you know but meanwhile like i like i said i was so convinced I was going to turn around and see you just crumpled on the shore. And when you were fine, I was like, oh, thank God. And I think you were relieved and everyone was kind of, whew. and so you guys went to the show and, and, and we went to the show and watched it. And then a couple of days later, that, that jet ski just kind of stayed parked on the shoreline. And a couple of days later, I took it out uh, into the, into the lake and about two feet into the water, it just, it just sunk. Boom. So I pulled it out of the water <laughs> And I called my jet ski guy to come over, and I was like, uh, he comes over to, to, to do maintenance and stuff because, you know, I live right on that lake, and I can't really take them out. And he, and he comes over, and I thought maybe, like, maybe there was a, like, one of the ceiling, one of the sealants had gone, or there was a, you know, some kind of a crack in it or something. And I go, so can you fix it? He goes, oh, no, no, you can't fix it. I said, why? Did, did a seal break? Or he goes, no, 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 there's a hole in the bottom of it the size of a human head. Oh, geez. He said, this thing is done. So that was it. Wow. You know, but th- you know, I I would take that in a second than 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 you getting messed up, but I was just laughing like that damn Portnoy for the rest of his life. I'm going to have that on him. He owes me a damn jet ski. You know? No, he does owe a jet ski. You know what's crazy though? It's like one of those things that was so close that it like you're right, like we yes. could be talking about this and it could not be funny at all. 
No, exactly. Uh, it, it was it's it, one of those. Yeah, it's so close that it's actually funny because it's because it was so scary. Yeah, and I remember my dad used to say when I was a kid, and if I you know slid on the ice into a telephone pole one time, and he's like, "Well, you know, you didn't get hurt. It's only a piece of metal." And that's all I was thinking. It's just a piece of metal. I'm just glad you didn't get hurt, but so close, like you said, man, and like a oh, scary moment that makes for a funny story that could have made for a really sad one too. Yep, totally. Oh. Oh, so uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, good, good story, <laughs> good times, good times. So I'm sure people will ask you about it if they read my book because you're you're all oh. over it. There's a lot of great stories about us in there. But oh, um, Hail to the King, uh, the, the the album recently went gold, which was we've been talking. Might as well be triple platinum in this day and age. That's a huge, huge, huge uh, accomplishment. The Hail to the King tour, great shows all across the world. I know you're kind of a little bit of of, of a break right now. What's the what's the plan? Are you doing any more shows for for Hail to the King? Yeah, well, we just announced uh, we're doing January. We're doing you know all Southeast Asia and mm-hmm. uh, between between us girls, uh, <laughs> we're playing China as well. Wow! Uh, but we can't we can't announce that until we get the uh, government approval, which it looks good. That's great. Um, but we got three dates in China, so that will be tacked on to you know Malaysia's and the and the Bangkok's and the Jakarta's, which mm-hmm. uh, we just announced yesterday. And and I mean those. Those fans are so excited, so we're excited to go there. That's great. That's great. And then after that, start thinking about maybe possibly doing a new record. Yeah, you know we have. You know, I text you, you know, uh, a while ago, and so we got some big things on the horizon, and, and we do. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing I can talk about, but definitely, uh, definitely some really cool things. I think by you know next September, people will be hearing about some cool stuff. But we're going to start writing in the summer. That's great. Um, and uh, you know maybe. Do some a couple things before then, but nothing in terms of like new music. So, well, next you, summer, man. Next summer we'll start writing. You got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I know you've got an addition to the family, which is great. It's good that you got some home time. Uh, but but more importantly, for right not more important, but for right now on a professional level, Hail to the King, Death Bat. It's one of the coolest games you'll play. I, I'm not even a gamer, and I enjoy I enjoy watching my son play it. So at least you get that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try and play the uh, the Johnny Christ character one of these days and see if I can get involved in it. Sure, dude. <laughs> great to Perfect. talk to you, man, and, and uh, great to, to touch base. And hopefully, I'll get a chance to come uh, in your neck of the woods and we can go uh, hang out at the second floor again. You too, man. And then hey, congrats on the book, dude. Thanks, dude. Well, like I said, awesome. when you get a chance to read it, you're all over it. So it might sound like I got oh, yeah. a man. I'm gonna. I'll get it. I'm probably gonna get it today, and I'll. It takes me two days to read your books. I totally love them, dude. Thanks, Good man. Stuff. It might sound like I have a man crush on you, and it's because I do. That's yeah. I was gonna say. No worries, dude. I can't believe you let that out. But okay. <laughs> all right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, right, man. Dude. Have a good one, man. Thanks, Later. dude. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. We've had a couple drinks uh, before we came to do this. In the Marriott Hotel, mm-hmm. the uh, TV hotel, which means this is where the office stays. Yep. And we never really want to stay where the where the TV office yeah. guys stay because it's just one of those things. Like the less 
people know what you're doing, the better yeah, it is. Less no people what, around, right? less people sing, especially having a couple drinks. Yeah. You don't want an audience. You just want to be with your friends and have a good time. But it wasn't bad tonight. We're here with uh, with, with with Dolph Ziegler and Doc Amen. Doc uh, N. Doc Amen. Doc and Trainer Amen. D O K K and Doc and Trainer. That's what it says on the business card. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now we're, we're uh, hanging. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. So we're here because you guys uh, travel together. And we thought it'd be fun to have Doc sit in on the official uh, Dolph Ziggler podcast with special guest Doc in Damon. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so how did you guys start riding together? That's a great question. Doc, do you know? Uh, I think there was a Justin Roberts tie-in. Because okay. uh, me and Justin Roberts, Justin Roberts and I, are, uh, we Good both ground. are out of – thank you – are out of Phoenix – and once in a while, we're on the same side, and I'll hop in with him, and uh, he loves having a couple people in his car mm-hmm. to drive around and boss around or whatever his deal right. is. And uh, Doc also was riding with Roberts here and there, so every once in a while, we have two different loops going on. Somebody goes with somebody, somebody goes the other way. The kid will go with him, who's Zack Ryder, yeah. and we'll kind of split up cars or figure it out. Used to be Miz not on the mix, but... Uh, Monday Night Miz is not the uh, Miz is getting kind of uh, taken out of the mixer yeah, now. He's very, uh, very into believing in his character twenty four seven, which is fantastic <laughs> for him and not so much for everybody else. You're done with the Hollywood Miz, yes. He's hard. To, he's Hollywood. hard to hang out with sometimes, yeah, isn't he? That was a, a good friend of mine who's very hard to hang out with these days. <laughs> now tell us about the game that you guys play in the car when you nice. guys are working or traveling together. Well, you know, it's funny. I think we uh, we started playing this a couple months ago and. Uh, you know, when I grew up and went to high school, uh, I was very much into sort of the uh, hard rock and hair metal and played actually in bands through high school and part that's of college. Do you see Doc's Just, band picture? Yeah, that's he's got awesome. the I would giant, say Doc's got a big axe at home that he rocks on on occasion. He's got the big giant raspberry yeah. afro too, like <laughs> yeah. the redhead afro thing. Yeah, like well, you know, that was Dave the style Mustaine. back then. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Danny so Montaduji <laughs> slash Mustaine. So, so you were totally into, into rock and roll and heavy metal. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you and I have always talked about that. Yeah. We uh, kind of have the same uh, musical tastes and kind of come from the, the, you know, the same musical genre. Right. So uh, we kind of invented this game to pass the time. And it's funny because it actually does make the 300 mile drives fly by really they fast. We'll get by, to a man. destination yeah. and be like, oh, it's done already. We're right. here. So what's the game? <laughs> so what we decided to do is that uh, I like to listen to Hair Nation and yes. I think Dolph likes to listen Huge to Hair Nation. Fan. Hair Nation as well too. So we uh, <laughs> came up with a game. And, and by the, the way, no one else in that car enjoys the Hair Nation game or knows anything to pick besides Oh, uh, maybe Dr. Feelgood or a Guns N' Roses song. That's Justin Roberts and the kid. And, and, are the, oh, the kid's in this too? Zack Ryder? Once in a while, he doesn't know anything. He goes, uh, girls, 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 or Molly Grew. Okay, you're well, uh, jumping ahead, though. We don't know what the game is, though. Yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah, the game is sort of predicated on the theory that... Uh, <laughs> the smartest yeah, guy this ever. Is, yes. Yeah, this is the Dr. Language stuff. No, it's predicated on the theory that uh, XM Radio <laughs> sort of plays the same either bands or songs over and over again yeah, for Hair right. Nation. So as a result of that, we sort of make a game out of trying to predict the next song that they're going to play. Um, and in, in doing so, we'll uh, listen, be listening to a song, and then everybody will sort of have their pick of the next song that's going to play. Which, it's so, not like you're hearing a note and guessing. You're, you're, no. you're trying to like be Nostradamus. And yeah. You're just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, uh, the yeah. next song is going to be Skid Row, and then you wait a couple seconds, yeah. and the next song happens to be... But you go, you go I, I'd like to hear... I hope it's... Primal Scream, Motley Crue. 
Okay, what do you got? Uh, anything with uh, eighteen of life? Skid Row. Yeah, Van Halen's not on there. Uh, you need to know that right away. Van Halen's I, not played I, on Hair Nation. But you know who is David Lee Roth on occasion. Wow, yeah, so they no, don't play Van Halen on no Hair Nation. Van Halen. That's it. And it's a couple other bands that are like you're not sure. Judas Priest never. Like, they're not a hair band, but there's a couple bands that are on the gray area. They are not part of this game. So h- how it. often do you actually get the right answer? Well, it's not. By the way, we I like yeah we played for a whole weekend. Like hey guys, what do you think the point system was? We did. If you get it right, the band you get one point. If yeah. you get the band and the song, which is a huge. Point, Pop in the car, like wow. holy yeah. crap! Yeah, you just you've named like his... predicted, you know, the date that the world is going to. Yeah, end. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, I, which I believe my first double pointer was, I don't know, Primal Scream, Motley Crue, whatever, and it's just like yeah. scream and chat, and it's like oh no, it's and that then, it's like that bass like wait a minute, you forget because how does it go? You're a hundred miles in, and you're like, wait, what did I say? Did I say Bon Jovi? No, I think oh, I said this, and everyone goes, oh right. And then you get you're allowed to turn up as loud as you can, and everyone rocks <laughs> out to it. Yeah. yeah, right. But you get two points for naming both, which is so. It's happened yeah. maybe four times in. So you got it with Primal Scream, Molly Crew. That was my first. Did you ever one. get it? Yeah, Doc? I got, Doc a got a couple. Doc and Breaking the Chains. <laughs> Doc and Breaking the Chains. Doc and Yeah, I called Doc and Breaking the Chains once. He got two points for that. Uh, <laughs> but we played for this whole weekend. Like, hey, what do you think our points are? Like, I don't know, 30 to 28, 27. I was like, it was six to four to four. <laughs> After five eight, hours. Th- five hours on three different days. Like, it was, But it was, you started to get your top bands. You get a lot of Guns N' Roses, a lot of Motley Crue, a lot of Poison. Yeah. You started, so that's a good safe bet, but you still, it's, it's hard to get some there. points. Cinderella. It, 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 a lot of Shake Me. It's, yeah. That's, they play that all yeah. the time. It's like they only have one song. It, it's funny because you think of those cool games, uh, that was a good one. The other one would be like, you'd put on, let's say, the, me and Dean and, and Brian Hildebrand and Eddie used to play, but Eddie was bad at it, but you put on the 70s channel oh, and then the first two or three notes or four notes or ten notes, you would have to try and guess what it was. So that's the Bee Gees tragedy. Ah, and so the song was playing, and you. This was before they would actually show what the yeah, song yeah. name that's was very on the radio because a yeah. lot of times we don't get and it. And then now. the other one we used to do is you'd play band names. So uh, give me a band name. Uh, rat. Okay, so then <laughs> I have to start a band with T, there's so two T's in Tesla, rat. and then you'd have oh, to. Oh no, A. Yeah. Oh, oh come on, there's so many A's. Uh Armageddon, it's a song, but uh A is anthrax okay? Yeah, that's right. right. But then I so was trying to thing. limit myself to hair nation. But for here's a the second. thing, now Doc would have to start a band with, with X. X. So yeah, I kind of so screws you, the guy. There's, there's a band called like, I think a band like called like uh, Xenophobia or something or something, whatever. <laughs> Probably the only X that you get. Like Scrabble, can we yeah. check? <laughs> we now you can check. you can Google it. Back then you, you can Google, not right? Google it. Exactly, exactly. Actually, there was a band just called X. Oh, I think which there was. then passes X on to me. Yeah. So oh, then I would say true. X Japan, and then it's N to you. Oh, okay. So you know Thank you God. get get wrong, but you can also do that with wrestlers as well. Yeah, which was, that's, that's a cool. wrestler name. Game, yeah, brother. so I mean you're on the road and you and you try and figure yeah. the names. Like, Modern you were just, age. You were just on the road. Uh, you're a big Motley Crue fan. We actually saw Huge Motley Crue at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, kind of together. Yeah, we were both there. <laughs> we were both there, trying a hundred yards apart, doing loops. <laughs> like if it was the day of no cell phones, we never would have met. Even we held David Lee Roth's giant flag from the Van Halen shows. We wouldn't have found each other. I mean, eight. You're like, where are you? Where you're at you're like, I'm at a T-shirt stand. I'm like, you're like, okay. which one? The like, yeah. T-shirt stand in front of A. I'm in front of A. No, I'm in front of A. Double A. Well, I'm in uh, front of A. But you got to see the crew on their yeah. farewell tour. Farewell tour. Uh, and All you had 
bad yeah. things must come to an end, brother. Love it. Which is funny because that was the name of the new song, which they played like the first three you nights. You said they got it, it a couple nights and said it wasn't working it. out. But here's something that people don't understand or they don't realize or don't think about is that on the road so much that when you finally had a couple days off, you had yeah. to take a road trip. Yeah, that was it was this huge, like usually after WrestleMania, we get five days off and everyone gets to chill out and we're all done or after a SummerSlam. And we didn't have it this time. We went right into a couple of shows. And then I was like, finally, we have this weekend off. And I saw it's my chance to see crew at Jones Beach, where it happens to be, you know, uh, two minutes from Broski's house, which is <laughs> Zach Ryder, yeah. the kid. Um, and I said, you know what? Screw it. I, yeah, sitting at home for 48 hours would have tired me out anyway. <laughs> so I did a 96-hour spring break in New York. And uh, we ended up going to see them. I can never remember the... PNC. Second night, PNC. It's like Elmore, New Jersey. Yeah, it's the PNC it's, Arts, PNC Bank Arts yeah. Auditorium. So we, we saw them Friday night in Jones Beach, had fun, and then said, "Damn it, you know what? We got one more day here. Let's do it." We figured out the train system to take an hour train here to an hour train here to a school bus that picked us up off of an exit at like the what Manawakwa something. <laughs> yeah, Manawakwa school bus. Drove us ten minutes to the venue with dudes, and we're, we just followed some guys uh, who looked like Mick Mars from far away with the top hats and the pants. Like we'll follow these guys. <laughs> they they got on a school bus. Like, hey, can we just go? Yeah, PNC Bay <laughs> Arena. Uh, it, it was worthy. Like the last couple years, me, Brad, Attitude, uh, Katie, a friend of mine, and uh, finally Brad's girlfriend got to come with us. A couple years, we just been seeing crew. We saw them in Vegas, and it was uh, it's the one thing I do that's not sitting at home and relaxing. What did uh, what did Ryder think of the crew? Ryder ended up having a good time because he kept making this joke going, girls, 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 like <laughs> for every song, airplay the guitar because he didn't know anything. And he ended up because he's got M-F-O-T-Y, which is, oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that on his phone and like, uh, and girls and like, so he's got uh, a couple, kickstart my heart. Yeah, he's got a couple and rock songs. he ended songs. up as we, as I played my, I just put my phone in the room as we're getting ready to go to TVs and he got accustomed to a couple of their songs. So he had a good time. <laughs> Cause he is an, a, bo- a boy band aficionado. Yes, he's a big yeah. boy band. That's the last time I went to Jones Beach. You saw New Kids on the Block. Wow. He said they jumped into the water and swam to a boat and drove off. I go, it's not going to be the same. Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> yeah. Everyone there is going to look like my mom in a cutoff t-shirt with a lot of Aquanet in her hair. So just relax. This uh, may explain why he's so bad at the uh, heavy metal hair game, yes. you know? Was, goes, oh, the heavy yeah. metal hair game. That's yeah, they were playing the car. Yeah. They just throw out. Like, now, I remember, I, I just remember this right now, that you and me went and saw Metallica in Madison Square Garden. Whoa. We did. I think we had just come back from an we overseas tour. We just come back from overseas. We landed that afternoon at like 4 p.m. And uh, Metallica was at the Garden. And the best thing about this was that we, WWE, was at the Garden the next night. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, so it was easy. So it, it just it just happened to work out. So <laughs> so easy. It was so easy. Yeah. So so it's Doc hard to get MSG went, when you work there. By the way. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we knew Lars. Well, I knew Lars, and, and his assistant hooked us up with tickets, which we were sitting kind of up in the stands with Mike Portnoy. Right. Your boy and from then Dream Theater, from right? Dream Theater. <laughs> and then Lars said, "These tickets aren't good enough. Come down and stand side of the stage, Jeez. like right by the stage." And before that, we got to go backstage uh, where you know where Vince's office is in, in the garden. Yeah. That's where Lars's kind of party room was. <laughs> 
And, um, you know, we kind of, I remember I popped my head in there and Lars was like, oh, come on, Chris, come in. So we all went and hung out. Right. And Doc was just standing the whole time. just like, <laughs> it's like deer oh, in the headlights. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. Metallica was one of your Hey, you yeah, uh, remember that one time yeah. on Andrew Sandman when you played the drum, like the Chris were, Farley yeah, show but with Doc? You were awesome. You, that was awesome, right? You remember that? You remember Andrew Sandman? But that was a blast, though, man. That and was and a we, lot I remember of fun, we were yeah. right by the stage and Lars kept coming off the stage to talk to Mike Port, like how was how did how was, how was my drumming on that song? Like no way. they played Dire's Eve super fast. Like, how, how did I do? Was it okay? And talk the whole time. Yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> it was a good night though, man. Yeah, right? it was great. I had a ton of fun and getting to not only see Metallica, which I've seen before, but to be able to just <laughs> no big deal. No, yeah, no yeah, big deal. yeah, but yeah, just yeah. to, to hang out with them and see them, you know, up close and yeah, James and. Yeah, it was it was great. It was, it awesome. was fun, right? Well, that's yeah. the thing when you get a chance to do stuff like that because um, we're on the road so much. But another good thing is when we're on the road and having fun at work. And, and I think over the last few months, things have been going really good for you, Dolph. Yeah, you know, the Intercontinental been... Champion. Yep, uh, big deal you, for me. You have a great connection with the crowd, and you have for I don't know what's it been two three years maybe. Yeah, we're... A solid couple of years of a uh, yeah about maybe a year before. Um, Maybe six months to a year before getting that uh, Money in the Bank contract. Right. It was uh, – no matter what I did, it was almost the, the cool heel because – I don't know. Cause good – I don't know. They they appreciate the work. Right. And they, they appreciate me killing myself at every possible <laughs> chance for them to where no matter what I did, bad guy, good guy stuff, that the crowd was starting to kind of get behind People me. People always so respect because you, you yeah. make everything look great. You know what and, I mean? Uh, it's just yeah. one of your skills as a as a performer, which yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, you know, the the business goes in ups and downs. But when you have that extra love from the crowd, no matter what it is you're doing, you mentioned that that money in the bank that was insane. Yeah, you was, won the money in the bank. Gosh, and then it was the night after WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and uh, but the cool thing for me was I I did uh, at WrestleMania have um, a match. Um, it's not even important, but the cool <laughs> thing was the world title match a couple matches later, 71 or 78,000 people throughout that entire match were just chanting for me. Wow. And uh, so I stood by a gorilla with the briefcase like, hey, I don't, you know, <laughs> You're I don't call an audible who knows, Vince? you know, you never know. <laughs> and I'm just re- just in case like, where's Ziggler, you know? And who, uh, who's, whose match was that? Uh, it was Del Rio and Swagger. Oh, and wow. uh, those guys have been going at it for a while back and forth, and I've tried and cash in 20 million times and have taken 19,999 broke kicks trying to cash in. <laughs> From Seamus, yeah. Random things, and it was just they they wanted it. And the, the cool thing was they didn't just want it because, like, oh, cool, someone will cash it in. It, uh, as much as a jerk as I am to a lot of people, the crowds – change everything that i do every monday night raw whether 30 seconds or three segments Mm -hmm. it's they make my matches that much better by two seconds in we tie up somebody kicks me in the stomach and everybody's like we want ziggler or something it's the coolest thing in the world and it's not a lot of people have that. Guys who win every night don't always have that, mm-hmm. and it's it's really really cool it, and surreal for it, it me. It does to have make it. a difference too because you could have the perfect match. Yeah. Everything goes perfect and everything's great, and if the crowd is dead, it sucks. It sucks. You go back, you're like, 
damn it, that sucked. Why didn't this work? Why didn't this work? You could have a match where you screw up high spots and you screw up this and screw up that. And if the crowd's going nuts, you come back and go, you know what? That was pretty awesome. Yeah. And a very something funny uh, came. Me and Wade Barrett had a match right before he got hurt a couple days or a couple weeks before. You're talking about this last time when he got hurt? Yes, like very recently. And uh, it was just a great match. We had a long time. We told the story. We had fun. And they were so hot that I went, this match is okay. Mm-hmm. But they are so hot. I think I went on Twitter the next day and said, the WWE Universe takes a good match and makes it great and takes a great match and makes it unreal for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's pretty audibly it was caught. Uh, we had Rod as the ref even. And it took something. And I just went down into a double down where I, we both had hit each other and dropped. And I just went, damn, they're hot tonight. And I watched it back on the on my TV at home. And I just hear, damn, that's hot. They're hot tonight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, people can hear me saying that. But it was like they changed every they, – they, that crowd, any crowd can take an awesome match and go, this was mm. the greatest thing we've ever seen just by being hot. And you get spoiled because you don't always get that. That's right. But sometimes you, you got to earn it, and sometimes you get it, but you take advantage and make the most of it. And there's some crowds that no matter what you do, you just can't get can't that. Can't get them. And other ones, like even tonight, you were here in Lincoln, Nebraska, they were a great crowd they all night long. All night long. Which on SmackDown, you get a you get, long day. It's hard. People yeah. sitting in their chairs. Main event taping, yep. you know. Um, but tell us a little bit more about that night with Del Rio because that reaction that you got, there's two things I remember about the night after WrestleMania, whatever number it was, 29, I guess. And Fandango was the most popular guy yeah. in the building. Yep. And you were the other most popular guy in the building. <laughs> yeah. And I'm taking full credit for yeah. Fandango being popular. Obviously. But then you get, I mean, was Del Rio against Del Swagger, Rio Swagger again. again? And then this time, Del Rio pulls off another win. But uh, his his boot is off and his ankle has been through so much pain, and uh, I, I that that and a couple of episodes of Archer on my TV are have the diamond next to them means they are not to be erased. So <laughs> it's it's this. I see him holding his ankle and my music hits, and I was ready. Like okay, here we go, and. When I come through the ring, I just remember watching Triple H's DVD a long time ago when he came back from his tour in quad mm-hmm. and came back and this, I think it was MSG, this crazy noise erupted through and I went, I got shivers on my back and I'm not him. And I was, I'm just coming out and go, okay, here we go. This is going to be good. And I hear this reaction that I've never heard in my life ever of just everyone, not just being re- all relieved at the same time, but like... Yeah, somebody's <laughs> doing something that's not supposed to happen right now. And I I was all business going down, but I went I could feel the tiny peach fuzz hairs on my shoulders standing up. I was like, "Whoa, holy cow." And to fully appreciate it, I had to watch it back, but coming down there I go, "This is amazing." And in classic Ziggler form, there's no cash in. "Hey, what's up?" kick him in the face and beat him. I almost lose 3 times to where everyone's like <laughs> Of course he's going to lose. <laughs> yeah, he loses every night. Like, And it, it was such – there was a, a, a mini match that was every fall. It was so well done. something, and it was – I loved that. That is like, oh, yeah, he's getting screwed. Oh, no, he's going to get it. No, of course he's getting screwed. Oh, my God, he got it. <laughs> and that's where everyone like blew the roof off, and I, I've never heard anything like that in my entire life. That, that, and that's kind of what wrestling is all about. Special like, moment for every, me ever. Every match we have is a slot machine. You pull the big handle, <laughs> and you get one 
banana and the rest is stars. And then you get two <laughs> bananas. And once in a while, all the fruit lines up and it's a jackpot. Because they sniffed it, I remember, yeah. before you even came out. As soon as Del Rio was down and he was, and he was massaging and his ankle. And kind of going on a little yeah, bit. And, like, hmm. and he was a baby face at the time, right? Yeah. yeah at, at, he's the good guy. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> and they go, yes. Yeah, he's going to take advantage of this good so, guy. And, and there you are, the world champion. Yes. Because you had geez. won the world champion once before, but kind of like for five minutes yeah. or some kind of technicality BS thing, right? But even though that was – that hurt my feelings because I thought down the line in 20 years, I'm going to have this thing 10 times. And I was just – at the time, I went, oh, I got awarded the title because Edge speared me. It takes away from this awesome match uh, that me and Edge, me and Adam had that he led the whole entire way. It was at uh, the Royal Rumble maybe 2011. We opened the show 20 minutes and after six minutes in, I watched. I, I got to see it on YouTube. Everyone's out of their seats mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. every step of the way, and it was so cool to be like, "Oh, this guy, you know, he's he's gonna hang around with Adam or Edge, and he's gonna, and Edge is gonna win." And this, uh, I got to ride with Edge for a couple months. He was a mentor of mine. We and eventually got to have this awesome match where. Of course, he led the way, but um, I held my own out there, and it was one of my favorite matches. He still pulls off the win, but I get awarded the title. Why did you get awarded for, the title? Vicky Guerrero, the general manager at the time, had like said the spear was illegal or something. Yeah, and, he had jilted her at the altar yeah, or something. Yeah, he, dating it, her it was, or whatever. It was yeah. the old days where I think Vicky had taken a couple spears at some point. But before I was around, but uh, back in the good old days when you could yeah, beat up women, there was no rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that was the yeah. thing. It was back in the yeah, days. Everybody you, was I, up for grabs. I put you know? every girl on the roster in the walls of Jericho. Yeah, at the time. I say, That's yeah, just how it, was it was like a cool thing, and... including Linda McMahon. I think one night. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> how do you take that, Chris? You know, or whatever it was. But yeah, you'll see, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Tuck your chin. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so you, so you were awarded the, the the title, and it was yeah. kind of, uh, and you had to give it back. I, no. <laughs> Oh, you lost it. We back. do this awesome 30 minute match. I, uh, I get awarded the title. They strap it around my waist. And, uh, hey, brother, this doesn't count. But uh, maybe Teddy Long or somebody. Edge gets his rematch right now or something. And five or six minutes later, yeah. he was back to be the champ. So, uh, <laughs> so you're a champ with an asterisk. Yeah. And that happened to me, too. I beat Triple H for the title in State College. I remember that. The quick count. Quick count. As a fan of yours, um, not. Not broski fan of yours during my birthday cake, but just a fan of wrestling and going, yeah, he got him. Yes. He got the bad guy. We stuck it to him. Like opening Sega Raw yes. or something. I remember that. I don't remember a lot of things. And I thought that was so cool. And then uh, didn't I didn't even – I'm not an internet following person at the time. Didn't know the rules. Didn't know what's going on. I didn't see the fast count coming back and yes. taking it back. I was just like – yeah, the good guys got one. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And then and later. For, we had the commercial break, and then <laughs> when it was done, they stripped me of the title. But I remember asking Vince, I was like, would I really just give my title back? He goes, it's okay. You'll have it plenty more times after this. And I kind of held on to like, like, really? Because I wasn't yeah. really not that big time then. Right, right. You know, and so when you got that, did you talk to Vince at all? Did he say anything to you? Yeah, it was, what we're going to do? Or? Uh that day, I was like, oh, cool. I had this cool match. Edge beat me, but the crowd – and halfway through that match, they went from let's go Edge to let's go Edge, let's go Ziggler. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got some respect, whatever. That's yeah. cool. And and then I found out the next day, like, oh, yeah, you're getting more of this, the, the, the title. I was like, oh, okay. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Two years in, that's cool. Or three years, whatever. Yeah. And uh, 
And then it's like, oh yeah, you guys are gonna have a rematch, and you know, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's fine, yeah. But I, I go, yeah, uh, watch the show tonight, and when I get awarded the title, take a lot of pictures off the TV, Dad, <laughs> if you don't mind, with your flip phone or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ah, oh, this this will be cool if. If I never have anything again, that title was around right. my waist for three minutes, and I took some pictures with it, and I did a bunch of push-ups where I went out, so I looked good. <laughs> That's what I said. I remember I was in the mirror in between the commercial break looking at <laughs> it. Like, I said, yeah. if the world ends right now, <laughs> I, I will be the world champion. <laughs> like, so that's on. all right. That's not bad, you know? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm here with Dolph Ziggler and Doc Amon. Dolph, what's your relationship with Vince? you talk to him quite a bit? Is um, it getting better as you are here it's longer? It's slowly getting better just because uh, there, you have so many ups and downs as a WWE superstar, but then you you say hi, and it's it's you need to build a relationship, and Absolutely. everyone tells you, and then guys, attitude era guys who are back, like, hey, listen, you gotta, you yep. gotta have this relationship, because uh, a lot of people know is like, oh, you do stand-up, you do improv, you do all this cool stuff. Vince only knows that you're good at putting on good matches. Mm-hmm. You, you take gotta, good bumps. You yeah. gotta let him know, you know. And it's like, all right. So it's it, it's tricky at first because it's very it's, it's scary to go. Hey, what's going on? I'm just mm-hmm. here to let you know how good I am, and you know. <laughs> and uh, it's 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 slowly but surely getting uh, better every day, which is so, important. Yeah. yeah, and it and it really is absolutely. Even if you're the best wrestler, you need to go talk That's to right. him and let him know what's going on with He's you. He's an intimidating guy. Yeah. How about you, Doc? What's your relationship with Vince? I mean, you've been with the company for four years, five years, six years now? It's been six, a little over six years now. And you're one of the hardest working men in the company, too. We make jokes about it, but you work five, six days a week. I mean, it uh, seems that way. It's a a lot of travel. I mean, I I really, truly love what I do. Um, You know, but and I think the hardest part of the job, people always ask me, is, you know, what's the hardest part of the job? And it's not so much the medical stuff. It really is the travel. Mm -hmm. I mean, I empathize with you know, all of you guys that have to do the travel as well too. I mean, fortunately I just have to, you know, sit ringside and, um, you know, collect your jacket or ring a bell. <laughs> collect your jacket. Every time I give him my jacket, I say, there's 18 years of medical school. Take my jacket. <laughs> Take yeah. my jacket. Yeah, this is what I'm doing. Maybe, By the way, uh, five, six years in, no titles? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... doctor. Yeah, doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so my uh, my relationship, though, with, with Vince is uh, has been great. I met him the first day I started, and I think I remember the first time you know, just introducing himself and just being very hospitable and welcome. You know, it's great to have you here. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's been a, a great relationship. And I think that like any relationship, as time goes on, you develop trust in one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been very respectful of any medical decisions we as a medical staff make, um, myself, uh, as well as the other members of the medical staff. So we've, uh, you know, there's that give and take, and I think he understands and realizes that there are things that we can work around, and there's things mm-hmm. that we just absolutely can't You're put a superstar about if risk. Somebody's hurt. Yeah, gotta, somebody's, he has to be off, or he needs to get a, a X-ray, or 
or right. just tape them up and put them out there. Right. And and so, you know, Vince is always like, you know, you guys make the call and whatever you, you know, whatever you say goes. And, you know, quite honestly, I've probably had a more difficult time trying to negotiate with high school football coaches that I've worked with <laughs> in terms of, you know, putting a freshman back in a game, you know. Because they're Vince's... very adamant now. If the guy's not ready, he's not allowed to go back in the ring. Right. Absolutely. And that and that goes not only just for concussions, but, you know, any injury that, right. that goes. I mean, we, you know, our, our number one priority in the medical staff is to make sure that we're allowing the superstars to participate uh, when they're healthy and only when they're ready. You know, we don't mm -hmm. risk the health of a superstar just, you know, for the sake of, of doing something for the show. Which and, is so opposite the way things used to be, you know? Yeah, and I that's, remember, that's the stories I hear from everybody. You know, it's oh, just yeah. so different, you know? Before they brought you in, as a matter of fact, we never had a team doctor. We had Chris, the trainer, who would, you know, give you tape and, you know, <laughs> if you needed some kind of ultrasound or ice or, or whatever. Or an Advil. Or an Advil, or right? An Advil. Yeah, or blue gum, which is yeah. for me. <laughs> a lot of gum. But, you know, I, I remember I went through this phase with Van Damme. God bless him. Nobody's put more stitches in my head than Rob Van Damme has. And three weeks in a row, I got cut open from kicks and this. And I have to go sit in the emergency room in Louisville, Kentucky oh, at four in the morning with the type of people that are in the emergency yeah, room at yeah. four in the morning. And I remember I went to Vince and said, Vince, we need just a multi-billion dollar company, whatever it is. And I got to go sit in the emergency room to get stitches till four in the morning. We need a doctor. So he was hiring local doctors for a while and then finally brought you in as our actual team doctor, which seems so stupid that we didn't have one yeah, yeah. Right. for so long. Although I guess there were physicians before. There was a physician on staff prior to me being there that was there for TV tapings but not for live not events. Not for Wasn't live that events. kind of how it worked? Or? And yeah, and Sometimes these were always there was a local events. doctor. And, but yeah, once a while. Real, but, but like some, it's, it's a huge deal, I think. We joke around with doctors. We're our buddies with them. Right. But it's the thing is... Like if you just if you have a local doctor and he doesn't know you from the last right. two four years couple months whatever he's like oh yeah you gotta go to the we gotta take you to the hospital or something he's yes like, no I know his history here's what we gotta do like that's a big deal for sure us. it is knows the his our history and knows how the business works right right you know I remember I went and saw a doctor back in Calgary like in '95 and he said. He goes, uh, how much time do I have to get you ready? You know, I got three weeks for my next tour. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to tell you how much time you need. You're right. I'm going to ask you how much time do I have. Yeah. I got three weeks. Well, this is what I want to do. Like, you know how the business works, you right. know, right. and how things are. Uh, talking about how things used to be in the old days, how did you come into the WWE, Dolph? Because, I mean, you've been through this company within a, a few different incarnations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one which I completely forgot until oh. I had Chavo on my show. Oh, no. Which we'll talk we got to mention it. Yes. The, the Chavo's caddy, yeah, which is great. I uh, mean, Kerwin White's caddy, shall we say. Yes. Uh, was that your first time? Was that your first thing here? Yeah, first thing was was a lot of people think it was a spirit squad, but it was actually with Chavo um, for a little bit. And like I said, my whole life, I, I had been catting at courses, Bushwood, and <laughs> like God, I was like, I played every sport there is. I've watched wrestling since I was five years old. I I wrestled from five through college, broke records, and I go, I can't wait to be this next Kurt Angle or whatever the deal is. And we got this great idea. You come in. Chavo is playing a character that's not even Chavo anymore. He's this snooty rich guy, and you're going to be this white guy. white guy, and you're going to be his caddy. And I go, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense, you know. And <laughs> the cool thing was uh, having an amateur background. A couple people uh, immediately were cool with me that you didn't know that you had to kind of earn their respect. 
something along the lines of a Chavo or Eddie or Benoit or anybody. Like Jerry Briscoe. Like yeah. Those guys were always and because really... of Briscoe. Jim Ross. Yeah. I just got to. Did Jerry ch- sign you? Because of Jerry Briscoe, who was college teammates at Oklahoma State in the 60s with my wrestling coach from high school, which was St. Ed's. And wow. they were, uh, nas- we were national champs multiple times, and I was okay. But the teams were amazing. We had a uh, Gray Maynard went on to the MMA at UFC. We had Andy Robot go on to the, be an Olympian for the U.S. We had all these awesome guys go on to coach at Michigan and all the stuff. And I was okay. I was like fifth in the state, but I was mm-hmm. good. And when I got to college, I kind of got a little bit better and ended up breaking records and becoming the all-time winningest wrestler. I can't say no big deal. And, <laughs> what, what weight class? Uh, 165 okay. all four years. And I'm pretty sure before they changed the weights, that was also Scott Steiner's weight class. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Before they switched it, because he, so he was like 173 or something. But so like Scott they did some him. big training when he came yeah, into business. He, yeah. So I, you're the most winningest wrestler. I was when I graduated. From your state Kent State, which is Division One. Wow, man, uh, all, that's pretty and, impressive. But my my motivation wasn't winning matches. My motivation was like, if I can break records here, Kurt Angle had a gold medal. Maybe I can get my foot in the door. Maybe I'll get. Maybe I'll get a no tryout. Yeah, that and, was your. Uh, and your it's mindset. like one of my coaches from high school said, oh, "Just keep eating, do as good as you can, get as big as you can, and and maybe I can. And when they come to town in Cleveland, we'll get tickets, and maybe I can get you a handshake and say hi or something." And I was very lucky to get a handshake and say hi and get a tryout. Which, wow. by the way, didn't go well. It, it went okay. Where was your tryout? Uh, at Ohio Valley Wrestling. And um, Oh, so you actually had, you didn't have your tryout like in a big WWE thing. You just no, went to yeah, the actual was, school at the time. Once in a while at the school, they would send in one or two guys just to go oh. in with the stuff. And me and Bobby Lashley showed up together from different cities. And I was looking for a guy, by the way. If you hear the name Bobby Lashley... Not knowing him now, you're like, oh, who's this guy going to be? Some, Lashley some sounds from like Idaho yeah, or something. Some transvestite or and something. And by the way, yeah, everyone's standing around and <laughs> looking, and I see this can't be the guy, right? <laughs> I go, hey man, you're not Bobby Lashley, right? He goes, yeah. I go, oh, okay, we're both on this track, like. He's giant like, made out of granite. <laughs> I had just finished wrestling 165 for Kent four weeks earlier, so I was maybe 175. And he was this giant guy, and I was like, uh, we ended up being good friends, but uh, they ended up offering, I guess I would have picked him also. <laughs> they offered him a job and said, hey, maybe you know, six months from now, whatever, if you can get a little bit bigger, get some training on your belt, come back. So long story short, I was doing powdered milk mixed with 2% milk every two hours. What does that do? I don't know. I was oh. hoping to gain a couple pounds, and it was just having my stomach stick out. So technically, I was six pounds heavier, but my stomach was just yeah. distended the entire way. And I lied and said I had gotten some wrestling training and um, came back and got a two-week trial just as Lance Storm had taken over for OVW oh. at that point instead of Rip, uh, Rip Rogers at the time. And I was a Kind huge, of a better step up. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Lance, and I went, whoa, this guy's the the new teacher and uh so i was a huge ecw on my black and white screen only <laughs> non-cable tv in my room on friday and saturday nights they would do ecw the same show but i'd watch anyway mm-hmm. and um so i was ready i had read mick foley's book where he threw himself over the hood of a car onto a lawn of a couple times to get his back ready so i had 20 half golf balls in my back i thought i had a tolerance why were you falling on half golf balls jumping over no jumping like of muscles coming out of my oh, back gotcha. from swollen from falling and I'd throw myself <laughs> at the hood of the car to the floor a couple times I'd wrestled in my high school gym on those half inch mats taking bumps 
just to be ready. I go every time I hit the ground, I snap up and blow these guys out of the water, whoever I got. <laughs> and I had uh, there was like an XFL player and um, Big John Studs son mm, wow who was a hockey player somewhere i think and what we, year is this about oh two this is oh four okay and uh so we all had to try out and every time we did something i was kind of picking it up a little bit quicker because I, I i don't know if those guys had been fans their whole lives i was so i was kind of taking a bump we we're all kind of falling down about get up fast and by the t- and I was a huge Lance Storm fan, so by the time at the end of the drills, he was using me as like the oh, example, yeah, love you, yeah. and like yeah. So it was really cool. I go, oh, I got a good feeling about this, and uh, we just kept waiting and waiting to hear. And they said, ah, oh, one more week, one more week, and I was sex- uh, talking to these guys back and forth, like, you hear anything? No, nothing. And uh, the cool thing was Dr. Tom, mm-hmm. who was the in between at Dr. the time, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Pritchard. Uh, finally I get a hold and they say hey, we're going through this change we're a different management whatever I'm like oh is this is what they say when they're not signing somebody <laughs> and meanwhile I was like I was telling myself okay if they just say it's okay for me to come down I'll pay for my school I'll do whatever and so Dr. Tom goes uh, yeah finally we get a hold of everybody six weeks later whatever um, hey listen how old are you I go oh, I'm 20 23 or 24 or something oh I thought you were 26 Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and sign you to this. And why this. was twenty six? I, I, I he thought I was older or something. And, why would uh, that be a? I don't know if it was just like a joke. Oh, or okay. Like, oh, sorry. Maybe <laughs> if you were older. Yeah, but it was just like this. It was could have just been Doctor Tommy going. Yeah. Because he kind of does that a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but it was just like, oh, I'm too young. Damn it! I was like what? <laughs> like, he goes, we're gonna go ahead and sign you. We're gonna do this, this, this. I go, oh, what? And I just cover the phone and it was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, that sounds okay. I'm okay my, with this. Like Wayne's World when they're checking this contract. <laughs> yeah, I like what you've done here. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, whoa, holy cow, I'm going. So th- they even helped me move. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have anything. Wow. So I bought a cell phone the next day. <laughs> that night, I that afternoon, I went and bought a car, like a Chevy Cavalier, to drive to Louisville and just Cause you were in move into an house in Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Uh, five hours, right down 71. Not bad, and, yeah. Uh, so I moved in, uh, crashed on a floor with no uh, – at some apartment place and just showed up to work the next day. And that what was, was your uh, initial deal money-wise? Um, I don't know if they say this to everybody, but it, I think a lot of people were on 350 and 500 And he goes, we're going to sign you 750 a week because mm. I think they had signed like Lashley and a couple other guys to – better than a lot of people were getting i think and he was don't say anything and uh, he didn't do it in, like in a jerk but he was like a lot of people aren't getting this so mm-hmm. maybe don't talk about it like, yeah sure no problem <laughs> i'm happy to be here you know and uh so i uh, 750 a week which was to me i've been a wrestling coach at my high school which was a thousand dollars for the year which was wow you know like 80 hours a week and uh, <laughs> I was bouncing at a bar and working at a vitamin world which I think are now out of business or something which is <laughs> yeah. along the lines of vitamin shop so I never I was like 750 a week that's mind blowing you mm-hmm. know to me so three year deal and uh, it, slowly, it slightly went up each year or something like that but were you a wrestling fan growing up doc I you know I would sort of casually watch here and there but um, never really watched on a regular basis so You're from Chicago yeah, yeah, you know, so definitely a big Did wrestling town. Did you watch Bozo? Town. 
I for the archway cookies when you throw the ball in the bucket. I did buckets. actually. In fact, is that where I remember. From Chicago. Yeah, that's really. Because if you got there. when we first got cable, that was the channel or whatever the Chicago channel. We got the Cubs games, and you got was it WSB WGN WGN. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you'd see they get the first two buckets, and then everybody always miss. They get the archway cookies. I don't know how far you got to the end. <laughs> you know what's funny is that Punk was actually on both. I of the think clown someone told me he was on that show. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, I did Phil, go to a Phil taping Brooks. actually. Did you? Yeah, I did, did go to a taping when I was <laughs> yes, a little. I maybe you're at the one like, that Punk was at. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a little older than he is, <laughs> yeah. so he was probably there sometime after I was there. But uh, I remember being there with my mother and one of my sisters, and uh, you know they go around the crowd and they've got the spotlight. Oh. They're trying to find the person and uh one of the spotlight <laughs> hit my sister yeah. and so the camera you know it like snap pans over yeah, yeah, to like, her what? and she hides underneath the uh you know the bleachers and everything she didn't want to be on it or anything like that and i was like trying to inch my way over yeah, so yeah. i could be the one throwing the ball right? <laughs> so so when you, you you came in uh as they, they said we got this great idea we're bringing you out of ovw brother and we're gonna yeah. put you on with, with chavo the, one of the first things they told me um was don't get any tattoos before there was like rules about getting tattoos it was just like don't get any tattoos Kurt Angle is killing it right now, like doing awesome. We know that you have this amateur background. You're this clean-cut kid. Stay like this. Don't grow your hair out. Don't don't get into trouble. Mm-hmm. I was wearing a ceiling with like the straps down or something. Yeah. And uh, they said, that's, you know, we got this idea. Maybe you, you, you'll be his protege. I'm like, what? This really? Crazy. Yeah. It was just kind of yeah, thrown out, thrown out thrown there. Darts. But, you know, it's... Not like not quite Toxic Avenger Six or whatever, but uh, <laughs> it's a nice hanging carrot. As the, uh, um, but I was like, "Well, okay, yeah, sure." I wasn't gonna get any, yeah, whatever. And then slowly but surely, there was uh, um, they had stuff, they had ideas, and then um, some. I think um, eventually Tommy Dreamer became the in between guy mm. instead of Doctor Tom. And then a, a bunch of us were out at a signing for an OVW show. And they were calling somebody to give him some info. And he goes, hey, could you just pass the phone to well, Nick at yeah. the time? What was my was name? Like, it's not dull. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, hey, yeah, it's Tommy. Hey, listen, um, do you have any caddy clothes? I go, <laughs> yeah, just, this is Tommy. Yeah. Do you this have is any Tommy caddy? Dreamer. Hey, Nick, any man. caddy clothes? You're coming to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. Where am I sitting? I go, no, you're on the show. Like, oh, okay. Do you have golf clothes? I go, no. Who has golf clothes? Yeah, he's like, I go, what no. are golf clothes? <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. Just like dress like an idiot. Dress like Miz, but like hundred years old or something. And yeah. a big beret and like a scarf or what? Like a... I pictured Caddyshack. I'm like God, the one guy had the sleeveless shirt and the gloves, <laughs> like the dice clay gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dangerfield. And uh, I was like, uh, he goes, well, you better get some. Tomorrow you fly out at two p.m. and you're going to RAW. I'm like, okay, thanks. Hey, can you pass the phone to Mickey James? Like, oh, okay, here, some pass on mm. thing. Ran home and was like, oh, there's a golfer's world near me. There was no golfing. There was just regular polos. I'm like, this isn't going to work. But uh, I eventually found like a bunch of brightly colored polo shirts and khaki shorts and cut the sleeves off. So it's big guns. Of course, so brother. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> As I've gone to cut the sleeves off almost every shirt that I own now. Except for the here. one you have now, which yeah, is Evolution which is... on it, but that's not Evolution, is it? Uh, actually, is oh, that... no, it, no, I'm just a big fan of not teaching. Uh... <laughs> is that actually the... <laughs> no, tri- it, yeah, this is their... The Triple H Evolution? This is their okay. t-shirt, yeah. You get that for free? Uh, of course I did. I see but Triple H in the middle. But some, some WD shirts, WWE shirts, are squishy 
and oh, very stretchy. And this is one of them. And okay, it's fits very good, brother. Very yeah. clingy, shows yeah. off your muscles. Yeah, the other one I have is sleeveless. Okay, yeah. <laughs> my bumper sticker says that my other shirt is sleeveless, probably or something. <laughs> so what? So what's the mindset when you get there? They say like, do they even explain what you're supposed to do as Chavo's cat or I'm as Cohen's cat caddy? Afterthought of mm-hmm. like twenty thousand other things going on on a Monday Night Raw, and honestly, I don't even. Rem- I think the Diva Search girls were there, and I remember seeing them like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> And uh, I was like, uh, I think it was me and Ch- it was Chavo versus Shelton Benjamin, and it ended up getting bumped from Raw to Heat. Mm. And long story short, I was going to take a real golf club and break it over Shelton's back. And I was like, oh, do these things break like that? Like, I don't know. I've never had a golf club. And we did something, 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 <laughs> distraction. I smashed it over his back, and I got it. I was like, I'm not going to not break this thing, you know? So I hit him pretty hard. If people only knew, right? Like, yeah. Just break just, it uh, over his back. Like, just, like, I'm like, oh, so what, what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, you're with Chavo. You guys are yeah. next. And uh, go break this thing over his back. And, but don't let the ref see. And don't do this. And I'm like, wait, what? Like fans think they go, oh, it's just a, it's a, it's a fake golf club. Oh, I remember yeah. when they had Mark Henry, he was bending frying pans and everybody in the crowd thinks it's a bull frying pan, right? but it's a real frying it's pan and he's really one. bending it. Yeah. But what different, they should have just given him a plastic well, one. Him a no one, one believes it anyways. Rip it like paper because yeah. no one believes it. And the guy's so it's like, damn strong. It's, it's like ridiculous. the elimination chamber. People go, what's that made of? It's made out of steel and it's a great and it kills. It the hurts worst so bad. thing. There's no loud noise. It's terrible. So there's no payoff for you hurting right. yourself every time you fall, except for you going, ow, that hurts. And everyone's like, oh, why is this being such it a baby? It looks like crap <laughs> and it hurts like, it hurts it's like the worst. Anybody listening, the Olympus yeah. Jaber is the worst structure that was obviously created by someone who's not a wrestler. Yeah. And if those Done. chains were just a little bit looser, so when you fell and got hurt really bad, it would go. Right. It would be like, oh, cool. This is worth it. People understand right. my pain. Everything hurts in that damn match. Yes, those another, are the worst. Another good one is the pod is has enough space between the, the top of the pod <laughs> and the roof that you can crouch on it, right. but you can't stand up on it. So you <laughs> try and jump, but yeah. you can't really jump. It's like, couldn't you have given us an extra two feet? Oh, you know what I mean? Another quick thing about that. The, the first one I was saying, you were in there with me. Um, There's a bunch of us last year or two years ago yeah. or whatever. And I'd never been in there, and I'm a little claustrophobic. So I was like, oh, no this kidding. won't be a big deal. It's chains behind me. So I get in there, and I see that they're starting to shut the plastic pod, whatever, door. pod case, and they shut it. And I'm just like playing it cool because I'm the show off. So I'm like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm slowly like starting to breathe real fast. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I see that people are doing crazy things in the ring. And I was turning to the outside to the chains without people seeing me putting my mouth to the holes of the chains going <laughs> and turn around like, ah, yeah, geez, these guys, what am I in there? And luckily I was like second or third. If I was sixth or wow. whatever, I might've freaked out. That's like, crazy. I was like panicking. Like I was my, like this awful thing for me, I think is just to be locked in a bathroom, an air, like an airplane bathroom and nowhere to go. And it, it, right. it just freaks me out. And I could see through the one, and there's a chain holes behind me, and I was still just, just nonchalant, like, hey, hey, brother, yeah, thanks for cheering for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on in the ring? Is this me? Like, I don't even care. <laughs> it, was, it was starting to freak me out. Yeah. And, the, and what do you think, Doc? I mean, you, you sit ringside. We, we're kind of making a little bit of a joke, but you watch every match right. on basically every show. Which, like, we're talking about the Elimination Chamber. There's cage matches. There's all these different types. Do you cringe when you have to watch matches like this? If it's a ladder match or a cage match, or is it just kind of 
like watching a football game if you're the team doctor at a football team? Why? Well, you know, it's funny. I think that whenever there's objects that are involved in the matches, be it tables, ladders, you know, the chamber, anything like that, that always seems to to be the environment where there's you know going to be a higher risk of injury so i think i'm definitely i mean not that i'm not attuned to what's going mm-hmm. on during other matches but i think you pay extra attention during those matches just because i think the risk of injury is probably higher when you start involving <laughs> objects and they chambers bite. and things like that those yeah things I, bite man yeah, <laughs> they, catch you. I can you know, they get they, they you know you, you lose teeth you get cut open and sliced open and whatever it may be right right so we've put plenty of stitches in people from uh chambers and tables no, but and this letters. is the new rule too is that if you get cut during a match you have to you cleverly find a way to stop, the, stop match the match without well, just flat out going throwing a towel or something which is basically what you're doing just like yeah. saying stop this is we're stopping out. this yeah the the, the 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 show is over and you have to come in and fix to see if it's wor- worth stitches or, or what's kind of the rule well i think we you know when once we get in there if there is blood the referees have been instructed to temporarily suspend the match so it's not necessarily stop but at least suspended to the point where member of the medical staff can get in there, kind of evaluate. And the, you know, the decision-making is, is this something that can be controlled as far as the bleeding and allow the match to continue, in which case we would do that? Or is this something that the bleeding is significant or severe enough that regardless of what we do for sort of a quick fix, we can't stop the bleeding and in which point we would call the match at that point. Has that happened quite often? You know, 98% of the time we're able to control the bleeding and there's, you know, little tricks of the trade with Vaseline Vaseline, and we put a special medication in there that causes the blood vessels to kind of clamp down when you put the Vaseline on there. So it adds a little bit of, it's kind of like a little extra punch to it. So even larger cuts, and I think I've done this with you, Chris, maybe a couple of times where we've, uh, you know, put some of the Vaseline that has the medication in it that closes down the blood vessels and, you know, get it to stop and uh, mm-hmm. then allow the match to continue. And then after the match, you know, deal with it in terms of having to sew it up or do whatever we do with it. All right, I'm going to stop here because we started talking about concussions and injuries. Both Dolph and I have had concussions, and Doc Amon has treated a lot of the guys for those concussions. So you hear all about that on Friday, along with stories from Dolph's Spirit Squad days. And he'll fill us in on what he's been doing in his spare time. It involves comedy and clubs. You can put two and two together, right? So come on, come back for part two on Friday with Dolph and Doc Don't you dare miss it. Thanks to Dolph Ziggler and Doc Amon, and thanks to M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold for checking in and giving us the lowdown on their new video game. Hail to the King, Deathbat. It's available for Androids and iPhones. Download it at Google Play or the App Store. Now listen, it's a tough game. There's a lot going on. Uh, So if you're a beginner and you need a little help, there's a free tutorial done by Matt himself for the game on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for Hail to the King Deathbat Tutorial. It'll pop right up and Matt will guide you through the steps on how to beat this game and how to even play the elusive Johnny Christ character. And how about that news? Avenged playing China next year. They've got dates starting in Southeast Asia in January. The dates in China will be released as soon as the Chinese government gives the okay. And they're very serious uh, about everything entertainment-wise that happens over there. I even talk about it and write about it in my new book, The Best in the World, at what I have no idea. So the Chinese keep everything secret. So those Avenged Sevenfold shows, keep that info between us for now. Okay, Shh, don't tell anybody. So thanks for keeping that secret. And thanks for joining me for two podcasts a week. I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for you guys downloading every single 
single week, twice a week. And if not for my Sexy V sponsors who help us cover the production costs of doing two shows every week. If you want to help support me and help this show, easiest way to do that, online shopping through my Amazon links. You know how you can do that. Easy to find. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links, US, UK, and Canada A. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No hidden fees, extra charges. You're just getting your shopping done and helping me out in the process. So I appreciate that. Thanks once again to M Shadows. And come back on Friday for part two of Dolph Ziggler, Doc Amon. Don't you dare miss it. In the meantime and in between times, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.